who have been taught through history to support um, significant industrial behavior, which means that you are sometimes consuming more than you need. Um, and that's where sustainability comes in. Hello everyone, welcome back to The Human Entrepreneur. Today we've got another awesome episode coming up for you today. Uh, I'm really lucky to be joined by Verenia and Leah. Girls, thank you very much for coming on to this show today. No worries. Thanks thank for you having for having us. us. Awesome. So, um, Verenia and Leah are co-founders uh, of Lotus Eco. Yep. Um, do you both want to give us basic introductions uh, to yourself about your story um, and what Lotus Eco is all about? Um, so at Lotus Eco, we focus on sustainability through menstrual care. Um, so our intention was to create a sustainable business by focusing on the circular economy um, and thinking about how we could contribute to that um, from how we purchase a product, um, how it's grown, um, through to what happens when the consumer actually uses it, um, and then how we can actually focus on sustainability through each of those touch points. So our intention is having a premium offering, um, but at the same time making sure that it gives back on to, uh, it, it creates positive impact when, when you give back. Mm, primarily on the environmental and social sustainability yeah. facets, I guess. Yeah. Awesome. So, yeah, let's dive into um, each of your journeys into creating Lotus Eco. My, my upbringing is a little bit unusual, actually. Um, I was an expat kid, moved around a lot. Um, so I went to about eight different schools across six different countries up until the age of 16. Um, and we moved over here to Australia in grade 11 um, and continued on. Um, so my, my childhood has been uh, an amazing mix of different cultures and languages and food. And I, that shaped a lot of how I've thought about myself and the world around me. Um, having had that as a bit of a background, I think it encouraged... Um, thinking outside of oneself um, so that I guess was embedded in terms of childhood um, and it's, as I grew up it became more and more um, a key value to how I thought about the world and that is one of the reasons why Lotus Eco was so important in terms of why we started it so we wanted to think about something else outside of ourselves and we wanted to think about how we could give back to the world and um, when we started, we weren't entirely sure how we were going to do that, to be honest. We knew we liked the idea of sustainability and we felt that it was important. We knew that we wanted to be participants in the world in an active way. Um, and the more Leah and I talked about what we felt was important, um, the, the menstrual care piece was critical. I mean, both of us are girls and we ourselves obviously have menstruated through most of our lives now. Um, and it felt it felt a way that we could give back yeah. absolutely um professionally i actually finished up with my ca um, so i'm an accountant by profession um, and i have had a very uh, very productive corporate career um, and i was working for about 10 years um, in that space um, and once we kicked up Lotus Eco and made that a little bit more official um there's there was a slow transition out of my corporate life um, into thinking about entrepreneurship um, and the startup world a little bit more uh, prominently, I think, yeah. So were you doing uh, Lotus Eco like in the night and then doing your corporate career by day or did you merely jump from one to the other? No, um, we, we were working full time and um, 
building Lotus Eco um, progressively at the same time. So we did that for about two years, I think, mm, um, yeah. before lunch breaks, the transition started. Coffee breaks, you know, we, sitting we in the car, having a break. Yeah. <laughs> so our lunch break would be early for me at least. It was sitting in the car and yeah. having a conversation with Leah yeah. on our laptop, and then and after work yeah. it would be on on Lotus Eco yeah. again. Uh, yeah. You know, weekends. weekends yeah. We'd meet. Well, yeah. So it, it was it became our life, and that was a really good sign for both of us to go. We've got something here, and we feel that passionate about it, and. How do we how do we it build it tiring. now? <laughs> it was tiring. <laughs> it was worth it. Yeah. So. Awesome. So, Leah, do you want to give Let's us try a bit of background to yourself? Uh, so, uh, I guess when I was growing up, um, I was kind of drawn to business anyway. So, I found myself as a kid at about six years old. You know, I was really into drawing. So I used to draw all these pictures and you know turn them into bookmarks or you know murals of, of things you know not that big but you know um, sizable for a six-year-old uh, and I used to take them out along my street and I used to you know door knock to try and sell them so no one gave me the idea I just thought this is what I have to do I have to I don't know, make money somehow or just be in business um, so I guess you know business and being entrepreneurial, I guess people call it these days, uh, has always been part of my part of my DNA, um, and I guess that's how I've approached my career as well. It hasn't been like a smooth trajectory from, you know, I have to go to uni and do this particular thing to become this particular thing in a corporate. Um, it's always been well, what's driving me passionately? What's kind of uh, what am I interested in in this phase of my life and that's kind of always led to the next phase of my life um, but the one thing that's always been uh, a common strand throughout my life has always been sustainability uh, firstly it was about environmental sustainability but then you know as you grow and as you mature you you look at other ways that sustainability is important and obviously everything is so interconnected that environmental sustainability you know um, if you don't have that that impacts your I guess um, personal sustainability or yeah, how you function in the world as a, as a person and then that uh, in turn affects your mental sustainability um, yeah, might sound too much so. like a hippie <laughs> or anything but you know when you kind of open your eyes to these things this is what you actually start to see more and more of um, so you know um, it was always embedded uh, quite early on, so it was something that I definitely wanted to maintain and pursue as I, uh, I guess, progressed in my career or progressed in life. But um, early on, I just didn't really know how to do it. Uh, you know, you do your daily thing like recycle and um, those types of things that the government or your parents or your friends tell you are good for the environment and good for you and things like that. But then as you get exposed in, uh, I guess, in, in corporate life, especially to the broader world, you get educated in how, you know, companies, especially large corporates or even startups can impact sustainability. And, you know, I think that's where I, I just started thinking, well, we need to do something here because the time is right. There's so much that that will help us move it along you know everyone's really into sustainability now it's not just a niche thing it's not just a trend um, it's a must 
you know, with climate change and everything. Uh, and also the, the women's movement. Um, that's, well, that's been going on for so long, but something but really think, needs yeah. to happen now. Yes. And, and we thought, let's do something practical to push it along a little bit more. Uh, that's how we kind of got to the idea of Lotus Eco, uh, something that's practical, something that um, would help so many because, you know, it's so scalable and also have that important factor of sustainability and not just environmental sustainability. Um, and that's why we went with what we do. So it's all about finding that balance between the environment but also ensuring that on a societal level you're helping, like, be inclusive and empowering people, not just the people who are using the products, but those people within the whole supply chain. Exactly. And I also read um, on your website, you talk about the balance between uh, the expression of individuality mm. and balancing that with um, maintaining your impact on the collective. Yeah. What do you mean by that? Yeah, it's, it's about making sure that your individual choices uh, are sustainable and that it you know being aware of the fact that it does impact exactly. the collective yeah, yeah yeah awesome if you were to give advice around someone who wants to make their supply chain sustainable um, create a product that uh, not only has benefits for the environment for for people in the economy as well um, what would be your top tips and learnings uh, from your journey um, I would say, you know, do your research thoroughly, mm -hmm. do your market research thoroughly, do your due diligence on your suppliers thoroughly, uh, and that will put you in good stead to have, you know, that knowledge and that data as a foundation to build your product. And ask the right questions as well. I think um, it's, it's underrated. <laughs> the ability, ability to understand what questions to ask and then to actually ask them. Mm -hmm. Um, it took us a long time. It took us a long time to go through that process of due diligence, um, to be sure that we had chosen the people we wanted to work with, um, that they were able to demonstrate and uh, live the values that we felt were so important, um, and especially in terms of um, certifications, right? Um, there have been instances where some companies can buy certifications, um, but we didn't want to uh, we didn't want to support activity like that, so we made sure that we um, we spent a lot of time with our supplier to actually understand uh, what they had. Um, and for example, the, the GOTS, the Global Organic Certification, they focus not just on organic product, but the ethical supply chain. Yes. So to make sure that there's fair work, um, there is no slavery, um, you have um, a very positive focus on the communities that actually deliver your source materials. So yeah, we, we spent a lot of time on it. Yeah. A, good, a good year, year and a half. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And um, I mean, this information is not hard to just do a Google mm. search, yes. right? You really have to reach out to your suppliers and have the discussions and asking the questions to really probe. And sometimes they're not forthcoming, so you have to find other ways to do it. But it's really worth doing that research because you want to be able to take a product that you believe in completely one in you know 100% that you know that you've done your research as much as much as you can um, and bring that product to your customers knowing that they're getting a, a good quality 
service and you know and, and, and we mm. are delivering what we say yeah we what sort of questions do you ask them then oh so many like um you start with a high level, so you know what kind of certifications do you have? Um, can you please provide proof of your certification in whatever documentation you have? Um, you know, and, and deeper questions around uh, what the materials are. You know, what the composition is. Um, what it, can you provide us your kind of audit uh, results? Even um, some are happy to provide them, some weren't. What else did we ask them? We asked them um, who they, whether they actually knew who they purchased their source materials from. Yeah. Um, whether supplies. they knew the farm. <laughs> whether yeah. they knew the farmers. Mm -hmm. um, so we went to that level of detail rather than let's just. Yeah. Well, and did you go out and see them as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did. Yeah, yeah. we went out so and met them. I took a trip yeah. to Europe and I spoke to our supplier, had a meeting, she took us through the factory floor. Um, and we had to get geared up into you know, all this protective <laughs> gear, the, the hair nets and the gloves and the the the, 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 the shoe things, protection. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what they're called. Um, and so she led us through the factory floor, spoke to all the workers, because um, you want to make sure that they're happy, right? Yeah. <laughs> As well, you don't want to be dealing with a supplier where yeah. the workers are just miserable, and and they all seemed like they were. So we were happy to go with them. Awesome. And um, what do you think about the trade-offs between sustainability and business? Because oftentimes um, it might be more expensive to choose the route uh, that you've done and that to some businesses um, might not be attractive. Or what do you think about these trade-offs? I think it's a very difficult question to answer um, succinctly because there are different aspects to it. You've got the element of... Um, behavior which has its own complexity so when you talk about um, sustainability it is a lifestyle choice with that lifestyle choice comes conscious purchasing and with conscious purchasing comes uh, active choices to understand what you're buying and to buy with a lens of consumption rather than overconsumption. and I think that's where it gets a bit complex because we've been taught through history to support um, significant industrial behavior, which means that you are sometimes consuming more than you need, um, and that's where sustainability comes in. So we're not talking about um, uh, living in a way that is going to inconvenience you, but just being a very progressive thinker to think about, okay, what am I actually doing with my day? What choices am I making? What am I touching? Um, what am I consuming? And therefore, uh, can I do anything to affect it with a better choice. Um, so it's more about it's more about behavioral change um, and a cerebral decision rather mm -hmm. than a, a financial one. Absolutely. Yeah. So that that's from the consumer perspective yeah. and that definitely, you know, translates Correct. to how yeah. we use that perspective to make business decisions. So, you know, when we're making our decisions around which supplier we've, you know, we want to go with, which Kind of um, packaging we want to go with there is that conscious mm. effort of going well how are we impacting you know the end of the line how are we impacting waste so um, there is definitely trade-offs it definitely does take a lot longer to do your market research to ask your suppliers these questions you know there's obviously that uh, distance between our suppliers sometimes when you've 
come back from your trip and you've said, oh, damn, should have asked him those types of questions, mm. would have been better in person. So that delay in you know, receiving responses via email or whatever communication channel, um, there's that. And then there is, you know, the, the making sure that they are actually telling the truth because, you know, sometimes they just want business, right? And because we're such a small operation, they just don't want to know about us. They're just saying, okay, well, we've told you what we've told you, so just accept it and, you know, pay the money. <laughs> but I don't think that's enough for us. So it definitely takes a lot longer. Um, and because we are a, a small operation, it is more expensive. Uh, we don't have the purchasing power to obviously, you know, buy a lot of stock, hold a lot of stock, and we want to be running our business lean and a little bit smarter. Right? Yes. So we are happy to pay a little bit more um, to make sure that you know that the product at the end of the day and the supply chain is validated, that it is of a high quality, and that you know we're running a, a smart lean business that's going to be obviously sustainable at the yes. end. <laughs> How did you find? Because it it took a long time to get to where you are today. Yeah. Did you find that process frustrating, difficult? How did you? How did that impact you guys? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, it was difficult. Yes, I think um, you know you don't you don't you don't start a business thinking it's all going to be rainbows and actually if you, no you do. Sometimes <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you start a business okay. thinking it's going to be just nothing but rainbows and clouds and sunshine. We both had experiences. We did. In we the did. Past, um, so but we but I knew it wasn't going to be all smooth sailing. Yeah, but but I think you go in with a level of um, invest investment in it right so when i say investment i mean like emotional investment as to what the cause is what the reason is but um it definitely hasn't been easy i think we've learned a lot um practical things around how to actually uh, think about supply chain think about um service delivery think about an offering think about our market and our consumers and what they're actually saying to us versus what we think and having um having that continuous dialogue between both aspects to it um, as well as in terms of the growing pains. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so both Leah and I have come from uh, corporate life. So I think the, the luxury that that allows you, because somebody else has done that hard work. Did um, I tell you that I was a banker? No, <laughs> it's a very crazy life. <laughs> um, so just even having, even having um, the practical understanding of you've now got to create the processes and you've now got to create the language and create the interactions it's it's um it's exciting and stretching <laughs> yeah i mean although i was uh, in the banking industry i was in projects so when you're in projects you're held to a deadline you're held to a level of quality and you're held to you know cost constraints so all of that really molded and helped shape the way that you know i approach um building this business so uh, i knew how much i could be stretched but i didn't know that this business was going to stretch me even further so on top of all of that you kind of have to develop grit and you have to develop perseverance because you know there were a couple of times where we thought god we should just give up and just go back to corporate but you know um, you just look at how far you've come uh, and then you just think, you know, I think that this is this is gonna this is gonna work. And then you look at 
where you could take it and the potential mm-hmm. of it just really inspires you yeah. again and you and it's not just about uh, it's not that you do once and it just happens yeah it's, it's an ongoing it's an ongoing reflection internally and externally between the two of us to go we ha- we do check in with each other we do say how are you going what do we need to talk about let's re- reflect on what we've done so far talk about the next stage so we, we do have to um, actively um, motivate each other at the same time we want to you know yeah, I think um, yeah. it, it's a bit of both um, but that's it's, something it's that I think not all that bad right? no not at all I, I think, think that part of yeah. it has been really good correct the, we've had each other to bounce off yeah. um, and you know because we've individually started businesses hmm. ourselves you know we know how hard it is to be a solo entrepreneur yeah. um, and I think you know being a solo entrepreneur, if I had a community that I could bounce off, that would have been a lot better. But, you know, obviously having Bring It There yeah. has been a hundred times better. No, agreed. I think um, th- that's another recommendation that I would have. Either find your community or find the right co-founder. Um, and I think def- definitely, from my perspective, um, without a doubt, Leo's been the perfect partner for this. Well, we've got very complementary... Yeah skill sets and personalities I think you yeah. know, lends really well to this type of business mm. yeah was that something that you noticed straight away when you met or what was the how did you develop your friendship into this awesome co-founder partnership no we we never I mean we've, we've been friends for a long time um, but the progression of adding on a new phase to our relationship from friendship into um, a co-founder space was was slow and progressive. Mm. I think um, we'd spoken to each other about our careers and our lives and, and all of that over time. And I think through that, somewhere deep down inside, we understood more about each other's people. Yeah. Um, and that was incredibly helpful. Um, but the progression into starting something together was was a slow and steady one. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I don't think we um, individually knew what we wanted to do next yeah Um, we both knew that we wanted to take a leap out of corporate into something yeah and that next something was something that we were both kind of trying to formulate or materialize in the back of our minds as as individuals yeah and so that's that's what kind of drew us together to have those chats initially um and then it just started to kind of slowly form from some random concepts that I want and a need uh, emotionally or you know just to fulfill our personal wants and needs into something a little bit more tangible awesome and have there been times that maybe uh, the co-founder relationship hasn't been so good and you've managed to get yourself out of that you mentioned times where you maybe struggled for motivation to carry on all the time (laughs) all the time like uh, we, we definitely have to be honest, especially to people that want to start an entrepreneurial journey. Um, there's always going to be ups and downs, right? Um, the greatest up for us is, you know, getting the next deal or, you know, solving a huge problem that seems insurmountable. And then through sheer luck or just sheer brain power or mm-hmm. something, you know, we're able to pull through it and we just high fives all around and we celebrate in our own you know quirky way um but uh yeah absolutely there's been downs 
and ups, major ups. Yeah, I, I think I, I think it's the natural. Um, you know, at the end of the day, both of us have a very strong friendship, which I think really helps, because you know, um, you know each other's people, um, and then you know how to support each other through that as well. Um, and life happens, you know. Mm. I think entrepreneurship um, is is unique in the sense that it is everything in your life at the same time a part of it. Um, yeah, you have to make sure you <laughs> check in with that all the time. Yeah, yes. and I, I think for us having that having that person to give you that perspective um, is incredibly important. Um, and yeah, it's it's, it's a practice. Absolutely. How have you found managing that balance between life and entrepreneurship, ensuring that it doesn't overwhelm you and become literally everything that you do? I think it's a, it's the foundation of how we've thought about the business, right? Because we've always said sustainability is the main thing. Yeah. So if we don't live sustainability in our own personal lives, then who are we to build a business around it? So, um, you know, our lives are very much, uh, you know, I'll go to Virginia, hey, I can't do this meeting this week because I'm going to be fishing and you can't do anything about it. (laughs) And, you know, and she'll let me, uh, or vice versa, you know, Virginia, last weekend, she was like, look, I haven't seen Sunil for, God knows how long because you know a he's been working and we've been working and so I'm gonna take a long weekend and you know that's absolutely fine so I'll take on you know her load and and vice and versa. we share we yeah. share I think that that really helps with that balance um, because for us it, it, I think Leo mentioned a bit earlier on the concept of mind body and soul and sustainability for us is all of those elements um, and because both of us are creating um, a business out of thin air effectively and that's what we've done and we've built it to where it is today out of that um, we know that in order to be able to give back we need to fill our own cups <laughs> we need to keep our cup full um, keep ourselves feeling happy in order to be able to then build on it and give back in, in much more um, much more impact yeah absolutely wonderful um, so I want to shift the conversation a bit to um Talking about the leap uh, from the corporate world into the startup world, uh, we touched a bit upon it yourself, but what was that transition like and how difficult, easy has it been for you guys? Do you want to take this one? Because I think mine's a funny story. (laughs) (laughs) Mine was intentional. Um, I knew without a doubt that at some stage, before I started my corporate life, that I would eventually want to do something on my own because I've had a bit of experience and had a taste of that through university. Um, so I knew that I wanted to do that. Um, that it took me 10 years I didn't expect. Um, I actually really enjoyed my corporate life and that was brilliant. Learned amazing skills and met some fantastic people who work with brilliant companies um, and I think that really helped a lot in terms of giving us an understanding of what good can look like and what do we want to be able to do to take it to the next stage? Um, it came a bit earlier than I expected though. Um, I think both of us, um, initially when we'd started the business had kind of gone, we will we will do this, we will work full time, we will get the business running to a certain level and then, and then make that shift. Um, but sometimes you need to be there, I think is what we found, um, the, the speed of, change 
is a lot faster when one or both co-founders are involved. So I think for us, um, that was a factor in, at least for me, I, I took the first initial step in terms of moving into running the business a bit more seriously. Um, I've had a really great support network around me uh, on a personal level. So I think that's been a huge help in being able to facilitate my contribution in that space. Um, but it's been it's been intentional. Um, great foundation, corporate life. Um, but it was it was necessary to make that shift um, to, what, to think about what what drew you into that making that shift. Um, the scale of impact I think felt a little bit more tangible. Um, I think with corporate life, especially coming from a finance background, that you have the ability to affect change but once something has happened rather than driving change and I think for me that was a critical factor I wanted to be able to um, create and drive change rather than just managing history if, yes. if that makes sense yes. um, so yeah that was more from a personal personal level I think um, the, the other element was in terms of corporate life you can get um, you might need to edit the arms but you can get locked into um, a singular lens which was a little bit conflicting with me as a person um, especially as I mentioned you know you, you'd had that world experience growing up and having to now just follow a particular direction and a particular path and a particular um, routine routine was was difficult because you could see that much more mm -hmm. you know um, and the pace of change was very slow I think I found the bureaucracy of that um, it was great from a control perspective but what could be a quick decision um, or a quick choice would take six months to a year um, so I think that was something that I felt was not um, was not fast enough in order to keep up with the way the way the world is working um, you know I think we we need to be a lot smarter about the way we think about things and um, we we as in Leah and I knew that um, sustainability was something that would be important um, and having that at the back of your mind and working in a space that didn't quite align with that yes. didn't match in the long term so yeah it was a, it was a choice awesome thank you yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, mine. So I wanted to hold off because I wanted to craft some sort of response that would be a little bit more diplomatic and maybe, you know, make me come off looking better than <laughs> what I do. But like, the crux of it is that, look, everything that Verena has said, yes, I completely agree with. And at, you know, some point in time, I felt the same in the, in the corporate life. And it was meant to be a planned process where we thought, okay, we'll take the business to, you know, X cash flow and then we'll slowly be able to transition hey happy times but no um i think i felt the same level of frustration at work as well where it wasn't moving as quickly as possible and it, it, my values were slowly you know being misaligned with what the, the company was doing and what i really wanted to do especially on the sustainability front and i thought you know we we need to move on this and we need to do it now and I kind of got a little bit demotivated with work and I think, you know, 
my colleagues, uh, especially my boss, saw that and um, yeah, I just wasn't into it anymore. So I was, I guess, stirring the pot a little too much where I shouldn't have been and uh, wasn't performing as, as well as I could have. And I, I, think I, guess, was, I think it was all this calls at lunchtime, Leah, and I was like, what do we want to talk about today? <laughs> Content planning. <laughs> but, but at the same time, I really loved what I was doing, um, you know, being in procurement and negotiating contracts and whatnot. But I, I just felt, I fell out of love with mm. the corporate world. Um, and I got fired, basically. You know, I, I normally, when I tell that story, I lead with, I got fired. And then, you know, for dramatic effect. <laughs> and then I said, look, it wasn't that bad. You know, there was a bit from my side and there was a bit from, you know, the, the, the corporate side that kind of led, led to the ultimate outcome. And I'm okay with that, right? So um, it is what it is. And uh, sometimes those types of outcomes just really give you a boot in the butt to kind of go, well, go and do what you want, want to do. Go and pursue what you love. Uh, so that's what we did, and that was the boot in the yeah, butt that I, think, I needed. And I, we yeah. sped things up so, so much um, after I got booted. Fine. No, I, no. <laughs> no, 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 whatever you want to call yeah, it. I, I think. I, <laughs> 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 it, it was. It was. It was going to happen eventually, anyway. I think in terms of the transition. Um, it, yeah. Yeah, I was, I was eventually going, yeah. to, going to leave. It was just a matter of was it my was it going to be my choice or was it going to be <laughs> you know my workplace place's choice? And at the end, it was their choice. But I'm okay with that. And I think since we've uh, you know been full time, both of us full time on this, we've just moved leaps and bounds because our attention is completely focused on that one thing rather than being divided between, okay, well, there's work, I need to focus on that, there's all these KPIs I need to meet at work, and then in our spare time, or spearfishing time, or diving time, let's focus on, on the business. So um, I'm grateful for the way that things have panned out. Yeah. It sounds like it was a blessing in disguise. The Definitely. Very much so. Yeah, very much so. Up. I think... Um, I mean, we, we laughed about it now, and I think we laughed about it then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what am I going to do? I can't believe they've done this to me. <laughs> um, I th- yeah, I think that's what, that's what friends are for, right? Like, <laughs> you kind of go, it was meant to be. <laughs> but no, I think I think um, what's what's been a huge, like you say, blessing in disguise has been that we've got that much more um, attention and energy that we can devote to um, what you're creating. Um, and having had those fundamental skills already developed and, mm. and created has really been a huge, huge plus. But I mean, I- even if we didn't, mm. um, I think we'd, we'd be okay. Yeah. You know, we'd just figure it out. It, it would probably take a bit longer um, and we'd have to be smarter about it, but eventually we would have figured it out. And like, I have to be honest, when it did happen, it felt like, you know, my world had completely disintegrated and it's a big change it was a but big yeah change. it was it was a huge change and so um it just made us become a lot more driven to do what we needed to do for the business and ourselves and you know inject maximum belief <laughs> yeah <laughs> and so where's uh the goal of lotus eco now where where do you want to head in the future 
oh, so many places. There's so much potential, right? Um, so we definitely are focusing on uh, scaling the business, um, getting more brand awareness. Um, our main focus for this year is the B2B channel. So we've got two main channels going, that's B2C and B2B, but um, we've started in the B2C area, you know, getting our social media up and trying to sell through those channels. So now that's kind of coming along, we're focusing on corporate clients. So we want to be able to supply our corporate clients with menstrual products in their bathrooms um, because I think we find that, you know, as corporates ourselves, that was an area that could have, you know, helped, uh, well, could have done with a, a bit of help and, and a boost, definitely in the inclusion and diversity area. Do the people call it diversity inclusion, yes. DNI yeah. these days? <laughs> so, um, that was an area that we thought we could definitely contribute uh, in and because we've had that background you know we empathize with uh, corporate staff members and you know how um, businesses function and we were able to deliver the service quite efficiently yes and i saw you got featured in forbes in oh forbes. i wish it was Vogue, 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 forbes sorry. is next sorry, sorry. <laughs> Yeah, so that, that was really quite exciting. So we've been uh, featured across 14 different countries, in fact, um, talking about um, sustainability, talking about um, menstrual care, and what we're doing in terms of uh, changing conversation around um, plastic in periods, and how we are um, how we're able to uh, create something that doesn't quite exist in that space. So we're, we're very excited that there are other um, reputable publications that also recognize the value in it um, and want to bring it to their readership. Yes. So that's that was very important to Have us. you approached them or did they approach you? They approached it? us, actually. Wow, that's um, really good. Yeah, th that was quite exciting. Um, so then they approached us and said, we'd love to be able to talk about you. Would you be interested in doing um, doing an interview? Um, so yeah, that, that was huge for that's us. Cool. Awesome. So I think we'll wrap up the podcast um, with a few quick fire questions sure. that we ask all our guests. Um, so uh, some easy ones to start off. So what's your favourite movie? Oh, so many. I can't choose one. I'm going to say Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. That's still wow. up there. I know it's, a, wow. it's an old, old one. It's like a, a classic. No, it's, it's, a, it's a good movie. Let me come back to that. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> Favourite song? Mm. Um, I, I really can't choose one. Um, music is such a major factor for me. Mm. And I think if I were to choose one, it would just be, you know, offensive. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I've got, I've got a couple. I've got a couple. So um, one is a song called Aisha by Shab Khalid. And do you have a favourite TV show? I don't watch TV too much, no, but when I used to, uh, I, I, I loved Breaking Bad because of the storytelling yes. and the way that it was just non-linear and it just took all of the Hollywood uh, stereotypes and just broke them. And I was like, well, this is brave, this is powerful stuff. I mean, it was a controversial topic, no doubt. But um, that's what made it even better because yeah. they wanted to tackle something like that. Netflix is unfortunately <laughs> a dangerous, dangerous platform. Um, 
No, I really like I really like ones that make you think. Um, I think for me, I loved the initial seasons of um, House of Cards. Mm, yeah. I thought they were brilliant. Um, the way it was written and uh, the fact that they were very um, clear about giving both men and women a very prominent um, level of um, character credibility. Yes. Um, and the partnership that they were shown demonstrate was really quite good. I mean, the story is a little bit strange, of course, but um, the way they were able to demonstrate that on screen, I thought it was brilliant. Yeah. Awesome. And the first thing you do uh, when you wake up? Um, hit snooze. <laughs> 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 no, I do a lot of yoga. I do a lot of yoga. Nice. Um, yeah. Yeah, cup of tea. Cup of tea. And the last thing you do before you go to bed? Set my alarm. <laughs> <laughs> last thing I do... I fall asleep really quickly, so if I don't remember. Yeah, I think it, I think it yeah, really is set my alarm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. or yeah. you know six, so I can snooze a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> and now, uh, if you get to give one final tip uh, to our student entrepreneurs listening uh, to the podcast, uh, what would that be? Be clear about why you're doing something, rather than. I think I think there's a level of um, blind faith that's required without a doubt um, it very much required but I think having that level of um, confidence that you're doing for a reason is very important mm, I would add um, to that and yeah. say believe in yourself mm-hmm. um, there's all, always self-doubt but um, at the same time you know be realistic as well but definitely believe in yourself um, and be realistic. And, and that's where all the research comes in, right? Yes. So. Be sure. Awesome. Thank you very much for coming. Um, no do you want to just uh, plug anything uh, the, where they can find you in uh, Lotus Eco? Yeah, definitely. Well, uh, our website is in the name, so lotus.eco. Check us out uh, and leave some comments on our social media and Instagram. Yeah, follow us. Yeah. And we're always know what you think. Yes. Yeah. Um, if you want tampons in your workplace, you know, let us know as well. We'll definitely be able to help there. Awesome. Thank you very much, Bronya and Leah. Really no appreciate you Thank coming you. on. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks, Luke.